Some things shouldn't be transparent, like stop signs. But what you pay for should always be clear, like Hiller's true transparency pricing, always clearly itemized and never any hidden fees. Because you have the right to know what you're paying for. For more information, visit happyhiller.com slash true transparency pricing. Happy you'll be of the services free. Call the Happy Face Truck today. Station. Now, 1045 The Zone's nonstop sports talk continues with a look at Nashville's teams and at news around the nation from the lead writer of 1045thezone.com. This is The Big Six. The Big Six with Jason Martin. And here we go. Straight up 6 o'clock by my watch means it's time for the one and only Big Six here on 104.5 The Zone. Blessed to be with you as always. I'm Jason Martin. You can follow me on Twitter at jmartzone. Our telephone number this evening and every evening is 615-737-1045-737-1045. If you follow me on Twitter at jmartzone, I just tweeted out the big question tonight that I am asking for your help in answering. And I'm going to contextualize it for you. And then we'll take as many of your phone calls as you would like over the next 60 minutes. The game tonight, and I want to play a game. There's games coming up all weekend long, big ones as a matter of fact, both locally and nationally. This game is not difficult. At least the rules are not difficult. But it might require a little bit of thought. Tomorrow in Knoxville, the now 5-5 five and five Tennessee Volunteers will attempt to become bowl eligible against Drew Locke in Missouri. Mizzou's a six-point favorite right now, give or take. ESPN has them at about a 69% win percentage chance to go to Knoxville and Neyland Stadium and take this game away from Tennessee and stop this UT win streak at a gaudy two. Jeremy Pruitt might well be the SEC coach of the year. If you look at this team, looking at the pieces they didn't have and those that they lost along the way, they should not be looking at bowl eligibility based purely observing this team on paper. Not until the Georgia loss did this team resemble a half-decent squad. You remember that Florida debacle? How awful the Vols looked in Charlotte against Will Greer and David Sills and Dana Holgerson's West Virginia club? The start could not have been more shaky. And then came the win against Auburn on October the 13th. Unfortunately, the next week was Alabama, and then came South Carolina, which was a three-point loss that should have been a win. Charlotte was not impressive. 14-3 to after not taking them seriously and executing poorly. But then six days ago, Tennessee went home and finally played a good game in front of their home crowd and beat the brakes off of a Kentucky team that I believe was hungover from remembering, oh, wow, we're still Kentucky, aren't we? After Georgia went to Lexington and basically ended them. That was some Shang Tsung finish him stuff right there. It was the team's first solid home performance of the year, a 24-7 win. I was there in attendance. It was really cold, but it was a fun atmosphere to be a part of. And that's how we're looking at a 5-5 five and five balls team with two to play. Then, the next day after the Kentucky win, the Tennessee Titans made history by being the first team in nearly 18 years to defeat the New England Patriots by 24 or more points after the fourth week of any regular season. The last time it happened 
was Tom Brady's debut performance in relief duty for Drew Bledsoe in the fourth quarter against the Detroit Lions, a game they would lose 34-9. to Marcus Mariota's health appears to not be nearly as much in question. His last three games have been good to very good performances, none better than his effort against Belichick's crew on Sunday. Now the Titans are 5-4. and four. They've got Andrew Luck and Indy next on the schedule. The Titans have never beaten Andrew Luck. They're 0-9 all-time against the neckbeard. The Colts have won three in a row. Their offensive line is solid. They've got two running backs that you like. Luck is playing out of his mind. Eric Ebron had three touchdowns on Sunday. And T.Y. Hilton, of course. Mike Vrabel lost his first game. Dolphins won in the longest game since the merger. Then came three straight wins all at different levels of improbability considering your injuries and the key contributors that were missing. You lose Delaney Walker in the opener for the season. You get Mariota injured with the ulnar nerve. Lawan gets concussed on a dirty play. And the list just seemingly goes on and on. Then, miraculously, the Texans went down. The Jaguars went down. The defending champion Philadelphia Eagles went down. And then it was time for the Titans to go down. Not once, not twice, but three straight times to Josh Allen, to Joe Flacco, and to Phillip Rivers at Wembley Stadium. With the season then on the line, the Titans tried their best to give away the 2018 year and the 2018 football campaign on ESPN on Monday Night Football fumbling twice, nearly thrice in the first quarter. Dallas could not take advantage. Dak Prescott looked like he was wearing a Tennessee jersey on that throw intended for Cooper that Kevin Byard picked off. And at that point, the Titans picked themselves up. They dusted themselves off. And then they proceeded to dust the Dallas Cowboys. Then came the shellacking of Tom Brady, who checks himself out of the game on Sunday as he had had quite enough of the Titans defense. This dude was seeing ghosts out there in the backfield. He was throwing at, at dude's ankles just to avoid being sacked when the pressure was still a couple of seconds away. He was completely frazzled. That's a word I don't use very often, but it's apropos here. He was frazzled. He was out of sorts. They got in his face, got physical with him, and he didn't like it very much. And this is the kind of thing that the Ravens were able to do when they beat the Patriots in the playoffs a few years ago. And, of course, Dean Pease has a tie to the Ravens. They know how to play against the New England Patriots. And this Titans defense felt a lot like the Ravens defense that stymied them years back. So why is it that I just played minor history lesson for the last few minutes? You guys know that Tennessee beat Kentucky. You know how their season's played out. You know why the Titans are 5-4. and four. But in order to play this game tonight, I need you to remember the past. Tonight's game is called Tennessee or Tennessee. And here's how you play. I ask you, as I will right now, Tennessee or Tennessee. What that question means is this. Five years from right now, five years from today, tonight, if you want to say, in five years, which team will be in a better position and which will have the brighter future? Will it be the Tennessee Volunteers as they navigate the treacherous SEC or will it be the Tennessee Titans 
likely battling the Chiefs, the Steelers, the Patriots, and who knows who else might emerge in the AFC, the Chargers right now, certainly, dealing with trying to win divisional victories and playoff wins. Now, there are a few factors to keep in mind here, but I, I do want to hear from you tonight. You can tweet me at jmartzone who you got, the Vols or the Titans, five years from today, who has the brighter future? And I think as you answer that question, you also have to look to where we are today and how you feel about the present about these two teams. 615-737-1045 is our number. 737-1045. I'm fascinated to hear your take on this. But I want you to think about something. Do you think Mike Vrabel or Jeremy Pruitt are still in those jobs in five years? Both of them, one of them, none of them. Which one has the better chance to stick? I'm asking questions that you can use to help answer the larger question, which is Vols or Titans five years from today. Which coach do you believe in more? Will Marcus Mariota still be the starting quarterback of the Tennessee Titans five years from today? How about three years from today? Do you like the Vols' chances of becoming a force in the SEC East, or do you like the Titans among the rest of the AFC South? Do you think that it's easier to recruit in college football with the facilities and the traditions and the things that you can offer from Knoxville, Tennessee, or in the salary cap era where concessions have to be made, draft picks have to be meticulously crafted and not blown, free agency, all of that, is that an easier task or is it a more daunting task? So you can take into consideration whatever you'd like to get to your answer. All I ask is that you make your case well tonight. And if you want to call up and say Vanderbilt's going to be in better shape than both of them in five years, I would just say keep that to yourself because it's better to remain silent and have people think you're not intelligent than open your mouth and make it obvious. I'm kidding, but I'm sort of not. I mean, I am, but not really. I mean, let's be real here. So tell me, five years from today, Provided we're blessed enough to still be here on this earth watching football, talking about it, whether it is you guys calling me to talk to me or me behind a microphone talking to you, though to die is gain in my estimation. Vols or Titans, which entity is in better shape and which is in the more successful position? I think it's something we can talk about considering the two wins that these two teams just had on back-to-back days and a place it appears both organizations might be headed? Or do you think one or both are fool's gold and are about to fall back to earth? 615-737-1045 or on Twitter at jmartzone. You can hit me up there. I see we've got four lines lit, but still a few if you want to jump in. Murphy Fair and I are going to chat about the high school football playoffs a little bit later in this show. Who's still in? Who's going to make it to Cookville? A lot of big games locally tonight, so we will spend a little bit of time talking about that. And before we're out of here, I'm going to drop a major upset pick for the NFL weekend. I could be an idiot by the end of the weekend, but this has been on my brain all week, and I'm not going to be deterred from putting it out there. I'll own it if I'm wrong, and I might well be wrong. 615-737-1045. Titans or Vols? In five years, would you rather be affiliated with the NFL franchise in this state or the major college program in this state. We'll take your calls. We'll examine this next. It's the big six. I see if you're on hold, stay there. We will roll through your calls when we come back. This is the big six on a Friday here on 104.5 The Zone.
Welcome back. This is the Big Six here on 104.5 The Zone. I'm Jason Martin. Follow me on Twitter at jmartzone. Glad to have you with us. The question I'm asking tonight, one that's been on my mind, I've wanted to do this show ever since Sunday. But of course, Monday Night Titans, that show we already knew where we were headed and just haven't had all that much opportunity quite as much this week. And there were a couple of other stories that sort of I guess, took some of the magma out of the volcano. It just wasn't there. But this has been sitting in the hopper. And tonight, I finally get to it. And it looks like you want to talk about it. So we're going to get to your phone calls here in just a second. 615-737-1045. I laid out the case, or not the case, but I laid out sort of the history of these two teams this season, the Titans and Vols. And I'm saying five years from today, which one of these two teams is going to be in better condition and look to have a brighter future. Which one's going to be more successful five years from today? And I'm calling this, and this is very original, and I probably should have trademarked it before I came on air with it, Tennessee or Tennessee. And we will lead off with Dorothy in Franklin. Dorothy, how are you this evening? I'm fine, and you? Doing great. Uh, I, that's a hard question. But I think it may be the volunteers. Okay, why? Well, I think it's harder uh, in the NFL uh, to maintain uh, the kind of winning that I believe uh, with Jeremy Foote can be done in college. Have you been impressed with what you've seen from Tennessee this year and what you've seen from Jeremy Pruitt this year? Yes, yes, I have. I mean, I think. You, I have, go ahead. No, I think they have been so terrible, but uh, I, I just think that the volunteers, if things continue, they will grow and it will become a dynasty, or can become a dynasty. Dorothy, thank you very much. Enjoy your weekend. Thank you for being a friend. But yeah, the Vols. Look, it is interesting in college football that you can create these programs that start to recruit themselves. Not that they're, you know, Nick Saban's not on a whole lot of airplanes to get people to Tuscaloosa. It's still a very cutthroat deal. But if you can become a blue blood, it can start to roll downhill for you. In the NFL, there are very few franchises that are there consistently. But I think that there's another argument you can make for the Tennessee Titans as we jump back over the phones, and that is... Remember, the Tennessee Titans got Marcus Mariota number two in the draft. This team was a playoff team last year. You can go from worst to relevant in the NFL a lot quicker in most cases than you can in college football after an extended period of just mismanagement. And that is probably the perfect description for what we've seen in Knoxville thus far. Let's go to Bob in the borough. Bob, how are you tonight? Uh, I'm fine, Jason, and I love your show, and I'm looking forward to hearing uh, what you have to say. First of all, you're very intelligent. And I appreciate I've, that. I've, I, well, I've never never called you, but I'm looking forward to what you pick for a television show because you've been dead on all that. But anyway, my choices are, I believe in my heart and soul, that both of them will be there. I think Vrabel will be there, depending 
on how well Robinson recruits as well as, I mean, picks his choices during right. the draft. Sure. As, as well as free agency, et cetera. And, but I believe in my heart and soul that, that Pruitt is going to dominate at some point his recruiting ability. And if he brings in these kids that he's supposed to be bringing in right now, he'll be there in five years. I believe that. Well, I mean, I think that all of all of Tennessee wants to believe that both those things are true, at least all the Falls fans. I would say the folks that are in Tennessee, their Alabama fans might not want to hear it. Jeremy Pruitt can recruit. This we know. He he is tough to play for. But what I'm noticing is it looks like he might also be fun to play for. Like he's tough to play for, but tough in a positive way. Like you feel like you're going to get better when you play under Jeremy Pruitt. You're going to get motivated in a way like it's not going to be the easiest time. He's going to call you on it when you need to be called on it, but he's also going to be there to give you the carrot when it's time to get the carrot. And I think that that's important. And there's a whole lot of things that are completely grim in sports. And those coaches do not last very long. They wear out their welcome, even ones that you wouldn't expect to be, you know, taskmasters or people that you can't please. One of them is Doug Collins in the NBA. He gets so intense that he makes himself physically ill and eventually has to step away and he wears out his welcome and guys end up wanting to leave because they can't take the level of intensity. Josh and McMinnville is up next. Josh, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing, J-Mar? Thanks for taking my call. No problem, Josh. All right, so I'm going with the Titans because I think they have a recipe for success in the NFL that we've seen before. They've got the young coach. They've got Mariota, which the jury's still out on Mariota, but I think we can all say he's a great athlete. He's got the tools to get there. Mm-hmm. But we have a good defense, and we also have leadership in youth. So really, the key for the Titans is going to be J-Rob. Can he do it in the front office? Can we get the right picks? Can we keep a buzz around it? And I think that they can. And as far as the counterpoint for the Vols, now I'm an Alabama fan, so I'm a Pruitt fan to begin with. Right. He is a great coach. He's a good recruiter. But he's, he's going to have to find an edge against Kirby Smart and Mullins. So he's got to compete with those guys as well. So that's what's going to make it harder for the balls. But I really think the Titans have a recipe for success that they can really catapult themselves in the division that we're in. And that's my take on both of them. Um, that's well said. I think that there is logic behind everything that you just said. It could be very difficult in the SECs for Jeremy Pruitt because – Tennessee is starting from behind in a race that never ends. And that's true in the NFL as well. But the NFL, there are a lot more things in terms of the salary cap and the way that you maintain a roster as opposed to the way that you have to continue to recruit. The problem for Scott Frost in Nebraska, I've said this before, is that Scott Frost is trying to recruit people to Nebraska who did not, who were not alive when Nebraska was even mildly relevant. We, most of us, most of you guys that are listening to me right now are old enough to remember Tommy Stewart and Tom Osborne. And, and, you know, when that team was just outstandingly good year after year after year, most of these kids have never seen a Nebraska team that mattered in the least. And then you're saying go to Nebraska to play in college as opposed to, oh, I don't know, Florida or California or one of these SEC schools in particular where the atmosphere surrounding it and your chances to get to the NFL are so much greater. And I think that Tennessee is in a spot where 
they are approaching that same line of demarcation where it's been too long and no one remembers when they were good, which is why this Pruitt thing needs to work right now because you have to turn this around because you're already starting from last place in the race and you really need a new same Bolt-like performance in this next lap to get yourself back on track. D'Angelo in Kentucky is up next tonight. D'Angelo, what say you? Hey, how you doing? Good, bud. First, I want to say go Titans. And uh, second, uh, I'm thinking the balls in five years because I think the Titans are there now. You think they're there now? Okay. I mean, that that's a fair argument as well. Again, this was a playoff team a year ago. Now, I kind of say playoff and put it in air quotes because I'm not sure that they were a playoff team last year despite the fact that they made it and won a game. I didn't feel like that was a playoff caliber team. I think it spoke to just the sheer dreck of the middle ground of the AFC last year that they got in. But they did get in. So they are starting a lot closer in the race, even if they're still farther behind in terms of catching up to the Patriots or catching up to the Steelers or catching up to the Chargers. We saw them almost beat San Diego and they did beat New England. So those are positives. Alex in the boroughs next. Alex, how are you? Doing good, man. How are you? Good. So uh, I think the Titans are going to be there in five years. And the main reason is, is Mariota's leadership is far none. I mean, you're looking at a man that last year took his throwing shoulder and threw it into a linebacker to make a play so his runner could get past. That's a quarterback throwing his throwing shoulder into that, doing anything he can to take the, take the team, put it on his back, and throw it to a lead. Okay. Uh, I don't want him throwing his throwing shoulder into blockers because if he's not on the field, he can't be a great leader. Delaney Walker is a great motivational guy. Delaney Walker can't really help that football team except just hoping that they win games and trying to coach up Johnu Smith or whoever it is that he's talking to. You need Delaney Walker on the field. I need Marcus Mariota not to take risks if I want the Tennessee Titans to win. Alex in Nashville. Alex, what's up? Hey, what's up, J-Mart? Uh, appreciate you bringing this topic because it's uh, fun to talk about. And both uh, both teams are eerily similar, mm-hmm. uh, up-and-coming rosters, up-and-coming young head coaches. Uh, yeah, this is a thought I've had just waiting on hold, listening to all these callers. It is hilarious to me when people describe Mariota as a quarterback like, like he's already there when they talk about because of his leadership, he has all the tools. The guy's in his fourth year. It's time he needs to step up and – Talking about five ye- in five years, we're going to be good because of Mariota, to me, is somewhat laughable. Now, in this argument, I do think it is the Titans because I think from a talent perspective, the AFC South is, has more question marks over the next five years than the SEC East. Uh, so their path will be easier, and I think there's some budding um, stars to superstars on the defensive side of the ball. I think in five years, Kevin Byard may be the best safety in the NFL I think Darrell Casey is still going to play at a high level in five years. Rashawn Evans looks like he could be somebody. Um, a dory. But, you know, for, for Marcus, at, at, at some point, you know, he's got to put it together. Because when you describe a quarterback, he's got all the tools. He's got the leadership skills. It almost sounds like you're talking about Trent Dilford or Josh McCown. Like, <laughs> if there's no stats there, it's almost the same thing. And no disrespect to either of those guys because, again, they're great leaders. They have tools, all the tools. But – Yo, for the Titans to really be the one on this argument, Marcus has to put it together. 
and the Titans are more of a quarterback away from really sustaining long-term success than the Vols. But I think Pruitt's the answer there. And you said he's tough but fun. He cares about those guys. Yeah, and I he think does. Vrabel does too. He cares about them. He'll coach them hard, but he puts his arm around them and tells them he loves them. Yeah, I think I think you may, well said. I like both these guys. I didn't know how I was going to feel about Jeremy Pruitt as a head football coach, especially this soon. I didn't know how Mike Vrabel would be as a head coach this soon. Both of them, it looked like they had very strong personalities, could be imitating, blah, 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 blah. I like both of them. I like what I've seen from both of them. I'll continue to talk about this topic. We are going to talk to Murphy Fair up next and talk some high school football. If you're on hold, if you want to stay there, I'll take your calls in the final segment. 615-737-1045 will reopen the phone lines for that final segment, and I will give you my answer to this question and a couple of other things to think about, plus an NFL upset where you may call me an idiot on Twitter. I'm at Zone, by the way. Murphy Fair, up next, we'll talk some high school football. Oh. Welcome back to the Big Six here on 104.5 The Zone. I'm Jason Martin. You can follow me on Twitter at jmartzone. Big question tonight, Titans and Vols. Five years from today, which one of those two teams is going to be in better shape? We will go back to that question in the final segment. If you're on hold, you can stay there. But we must bring in Murphy Fair at least one more time before the end of this football season. Whitwell in South Pittsburgh has your services tonight. Do they not, Murph? They do. In spite of the wreck on I-24, I was able to get here well in advance of kickoff, and it's almost a packed house, and they're still rolling in the gate. Both of these teams in the same county, one on the Alabama state line, one almost in Sequatchie County, and uh, the winner of this one gets to host the winner of the Greenback Cofield game. And uh, South Pitt's been to the title game many times. It's been a while since Whitwell's been there. Uh, should be a should be a great atmosphere. Murphy, there's going to be a lot of great atmospheres tonight. There are some tremendous matchups here locally. There's tremendous matchups all across the state. Brentwood is playing tonight because they beat Independence by a field goal in double overtime in a tremendous game in 6A last week. It's Brentwood and Ravenwood. Ravenwood, they just find a way to get here pretty much every year. They find a way into the quarterfinals all the time. This is their fifth consecutive quarterfinal appearance dating back to 2014. Yeah, the battle of the wood, uh, as they like to call it over there. And, and you hit it on the head when you said uh, what you did about uh, Ravenwood. Uh, I don't know that uh, Ravenwood was on anyone's radar back in August, but they just keep finding a way to win ball games. They make it exciting for their fans, obviously. And uh, I know this one tonight will probably be a good one, too. I think it was pretty close the first time they played very early in the season. Uh, Coach Crawford, uh, I know, does a great job over there at Brentwood and uh, ought to be an outstanding ball game. Somebody's going to Memphis next week. We'll have to wait and see. Indeed. Oakland and Mount Juliet staying in 6A. Oakland, I, I said Ravenwood's done it five times in a row. This is the sixth straight quarterfinal for the Patriots. This should be a really fun game. Mount Juliet is awfully good. Oakland might not be as strong as they've been in years past. Do you give them a shot at all? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I think most people figured Oakland and Maryville would be playing in the semifinals. Uh, and on the other side of the field, I think Trey Perry's done probably his best job in his young career as a head football coach. They usually bow out a little bit before this one, but uh, – Playing on their own turf, who knows who's going to win that one. I think 
Oakland's probably got a little more speed and uh, uh, some some more tradition on their side. But maybe Mount Juliet's a team of destiny. I think this game has a chance to be really close as well. Yeah, Mount Juliet's got a really solid defense as well. One that I am very curious about is in D2AA. Lausanne and CPA, this is basically a state championship game right here. The other matchup, no, I mean, no disrespect to those two schools. FRA and BGA are awfully good. CPA's beaten them both already this year. Lausanne's 11-0 and hasn't lost. I, I don't think they've lost Murphy since Lyndon Johnson was in the White House. It's actually just, it's actually just 38 games, but this is one that I wish I could be in attendance to see tonight. Oh, I agree. I agree. The interesting thing about this one, this one is the fact that FRA upset Notre Dame last week after trailing 30-6 to wow. uh, in the first half. Uh, but Coach Bill Whittemore does such a great job. They gave Lausanne quite a scare last year in Memphis uh, before Lausanne went on to win its second straight state championship. But uh, I think everybody figured it would be CPA and Lausanne in the title game. But the way the brackets came out, they're both on the same same side of the bracket. So uh, an awful lot on the line. Both teams pretty healthy. Both teams loaded with talent. And uh, I think that CPA Lausanne game will be a great one. Yeah, Eric Gray is headed to Michigan, four-star running back. He scored 39 touchdowns on the ground, and he's averaging 215 yards per game. CPA has not seen a back that's that good. I mean, he's an Army All-American Lausanne is outscoring their opponents this season by an average of 30. I really, like I said, I can't get there because I'm hosting this show, but that's the one that I'm going to be paying attention to Brent and, and everybody that's out there at CPA and trying to keep up with that matchup. It's going to be outstanding. Other games around this area, Beach and Hillsboro, they're playing it at Overton, which is very intriguing. Maplewood and Tullahoma tonight, Whitehaven and Germantown, and Maryville, they're 22nd consecutive quarterfinal appearance as they play Farragut tonight in 6A as well. Yeah, back to the Lausanne thing, the gray kid who's going to Michigan. Yeah. Uh, just a phenomenal player. In the title game last year, one of the touchdowns he scored probably covered 130 or 40 yards. He ran from one sideline to the other, back to the original sideline while going downfield, just eluding tacklers like it was just another day at the office. They're pretty special to watch. Yeah. yeah Eric Gray, uh, we're going to be watching a lot of him on Saturdays as well, for sure, up in Ann Arbor. Uh, Macaulay, MUS, NBA, and BA. How do you feel about those two games? Four pretty good football teams. Uh, yes. uh, it, it's kind of hard to call. I would have thought MUS might be there, uh, but, but they have not been all that impressive in the postseason. That's no... No reason to think that uh, Bobby Alston won't have them cer- certainly well prepared tonight. But when you look at the four all together on paper, NBA has gotten it done. They're the only one in the uh, in in this round that's still playing without a loss, uh, if I'm not mistaken. And the uh, uh, Big Red are doing off as well. And I, uh, you know, they've they've been in the title game at least two, if not three, of the past years. Uh, I think they'd like to come away with a gold trophy, but they got to take care of business tonight first. It's just going to be great football everywhere. It, high school football, I heard Brent Doherty say this about an hour ago, and I couldn't agree more. High school football might be the fastest season ever, every year. Like, college football <laughs> looks like it's coming to an end because it is, but then there's a month of bowl games. I mean, high school football, Cookville is right around the corner. 
Like, we are almost completely done with the season, and I feel like you and I have only talked like three times. Well, I will remind everyone that the week after the Blue Cross Bowl, the uh, Toyota East-West All-Star Classic will be held at Austin P in Clarksville. Friday night, December 7th, Pearl Harbor night, as a matter of fact. Mm. And uh, that's one last chance to see a bunch of great senior football players from one end of the state to the other. Well, Murphy, you should have a good one in front of you tonight. We'll be paying attention to all these scores, and I can't wait to catch up with you again real soon. Jason, it's been awesome all season. You've done a great job. And uh, everyone involved with high school football, whether you're a player, a coach, an official, or a fan, uh, keep doing what you're doing because the kids deserve it. Indeed. Murphy, have a great weekend. Have a great uh, Thanksgiving holiday as well. Same to you, Jason. Bye-bye. Take care. That is the great Murphy Fair. High school football coming to a close, but it ain't over yet. Some huge quarterfinal games. If you're out and about, traffic is a nightmare tonight. I hope you guys make it out there to watch these games and watch these kids and support just athletics at its most pure level. This high school stuff is absolutely phenomenal. Okay, when we come back, I see we've still got folks on hold. The question I asked five years from today, Titans or Vols? Titans are five and four right now. The Vols are five and five. I think both might be a little bit ahead of schedule where some people thought they would be at this stage. Five years from today, which one is in better shape? 615-737-1045, or you can tweet me at jmardzone. Final segment of the week here on the Big Six coming up next. Final segment of the week here on the Big Six. I'm Jason Martin on Twitter at jmartzone. You can follow me there. 615-737-1045. Our thanks to Murphy Fair, not just tonight, but all season. Joining us week after week to talk high school football with me. Always a pleasure. He's been doing it for so long. He knows he's forgotten more about high school football in the state of Tennessee than I will ever know. So it's just, uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. I look forward to doing it again in the future with him as well. The question I've asked all night long, all hour long, all show long, is five years from today, will it be the Titans or the Vols in better shape? Football programs here. Looking at two teams that, the reason why this topic came to mind earlier this week, and even though I saved it for the Friday show, is because of the two wins that I saw back-to-back, actually in person in Knoxville and here in Nashville Saturday and Sunday. Two teams that I think are, are in a better spot right now than I thought either would be and both with first-year head coaches. And both have seen their share of futility through the years, especially through the recent years. So there are some reflections. You're looking into a mirror in some ways between these two. There are unique challenges to college and to the pro game. And so I think it's fascinating to try and, and look at this. And I don't think that you can do it in an hour or certainly in three segments. And I think maybe at the end of the season, we'll bring it back up because we'll know even more. But let's see if we can roll through these phone calls. Michael in Nashville is up first. Michael, what's up? Hey, Jason. Hey, uh, I'd say that uh, I believe the balls will be the one that'll be in there after five years. I, why I'm saying that is, is uh, one, Jeremy Pruitt come into this whole thing this year didn't have a huge recruiting class because it was so late into it. And uh, I believe in a couple of years you're going to see his boys that he can recruit in there being able to play. He's got people in there right now that he did not recruit, and he is coaching them 
by far better than I've seen. A lot of new coaches just come right in out of the gate with players that he had no hands on, uh, no pick of them, and he's turned this team completely around. And uh, it's 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 awesome to watch him. And I, I tell you, uh, it's been a long time since we had a coach here at Tennessee that um, that disciplines a lot of kids. Man, I watched him. Get a hold of the boy again when they were playing Kentucky last week that intercepted the ball. Then he tried to lateral it and it fumbled and it aired it on the lot show on the, on the sidelines and Pruitt was getting in him. And yeah. uh, I said, that's tough love right there, man. I mean, he's just letting him know, man, you're supposed to drop. Don't be doing nothing stupid now. Yeah. I mean, Pruitt's not going to have it. He is definitely a disciplinarian and he loves football and he wants to teach football and you can tell. Unlike the dude that he replaced, he understands football and he has the respect of former Vols players who also look at him and say, yeah, this guy actually knows what he's doing. That's a bit different than we've seen in the past four years. Chris in Lebanon's up next. Chris, how are you? Hey, I'm good. How are you? Doing good, Chris. Uh, I'm going to go with both on this. Uh, the reason being, they're both teams is just missing one key ingredient, and for the volunteers, it's discipline. And uh, it looks like they're going to come together and, and get everything going, uh, and I don't think it's going to take five years. And as far as the Titans go, based on the last two games, uh, it's it's the offense. Uh, if, I mean, we've lost several games this year, and it's just been by one score, and the defense has been able to keep us in the game, but the offense has not been able to capitalize on it up until Dallas and New England and hopefully keep on coming up with it. Uh, but I, I think that it's going to be both of them, and uh, they're going to hit hard when they do. I think it's very possible that you could be right. And I think that's why this question came to mind is because you could make an argument for either one of them. However, and then we'll get to the, the rest of these calls, the worst loss by far between the two is the Titans' no-show against Buffalo. And then the total no-show against a Ravens team that hasn't won a game since leaving Nashville with that 21 nothing shutout. That is tough to come back from. However, they've also beaten both teams that played in the last Super Bowl. Both at home, but both impressive. One in overtime, and then the other a historic thrashing of maybe the greatest quarterback in the history of the league. And the greatest coach in the history of the league. As for the Vols. 59-3, to but not that great against an ETSU team that was undermanned. A totally half-hearted effort against a putrid UTEP team. A 14-3 to win, I'm putting it in air quotes, over Charlotte, who just started playing organized football last week, I think. Those are some serious blemishes. These two teams have been predictably unpredictable. When you think they're dead, they wake up. When you think they're beginning to fire... They underwhelm, which makes me really interested in whether or not the Titans can finally beat Andrew Luck on Sunday and keep this momentum going. Missouri's almost a touchdown favorite at Neyland tomorrow, so that would still be an upset, but it's also winnable. If that defense plays the way it did last week, they got a chance. The problem here is Missouri in this matchup. While we hear so much about Drew Locke, and he's very good, they are a balanced offense. They can truly run the ball. Larry Roundtree's got 758 yards and nine touchdowns on 143 totes of the rock this year. Locke has thrown 10 more touchdowns than Garantano. He's turned it over eight more times with interceptions. But Missouri's going to score points. The question is how good the defense is 
And, of course, the offensive line is going to be a question every single week for the Tennessee Volunteers. I'm going to ask one other question, but let me get to these uh, two calls quickly. Luke in Clarksville, you are next. Luke, how are you? Good, buddy. How are you doing? Doing well, sir. So I was starting to review like just pretty much the stats on the players and whatnot, and I think the Titans are going to be it. Um, and I think it might be before then. We have a lot of injuries this year, but if they come back healthy or if we get a good draft this upcoming year, we'll do really well, I think. Do you believe in Mariota? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I believe – I listen to the earlier reports. I drive a truck all day, so I mm-hmm. hear everything. And a lot of people – say he's getting better he's getting better but some don't and honestly from what you see if you go to the game you can see he's got it in him and that serious look he didn't have at the beginning of the season and when he first started here it's coming too you can see it especially when they zoomed in on at new england you can see it in his eyes he definitely is looking more like a leader we appreciate that phone call he's looking more like a leader he's looking like he's got more command of the matt lafleur offense he's got more trust in some of his targets Corey Davis is the thing that makes me think things are starting to really roll. Corey Davis has had a couple of back-to-back good games in a row after not doing anything since Philadelphia. He's the guy that needs to continue along that trajectory on Sunday in Indiana. Jesse in Smith County will be our last caller tonight. Jesse, how are you? You were not kidding about all that traffic. Uh, I'm sorry, buddy. Are you stuck in it? I just got out of it. But what I want to talk about is previous coaches and what their expertise was. You know, for the Titans, coming from Fisher to Munchak, Munchak offensive lineman, we had underwhelmed with offensive line. Then we go to Wisenhunt, offense never really clicked, never really got going. Mike Malarkey, he, he has showed progress from previous stints, still tied in. You know, it's, it's the common theme was offensive coaches, offensive-minded coaches. Same thing for the ball. When you go to uh, Lane Kiffin, offensive-minded. Derek Dooley, offensive-minded. They finally got a, some guys in there that are taking care of their own house. No, I think that, I think that's a really good point. I'm sorry I have to cut you off, but I realize that we are out of time. Fox Sports Radio is coming up. I will, I will see you guys tomorrow. Joey Kent and I, Tennessee Tailgate Show at noon. Missouri will follow us, the Missouri-Tennessee game. Uh, they're going to try to get bowl, bowl eligible. We're going to have Kippy Brown on the show. It's going to be a lot of fun. We'll take your phone calls leading you into that football game as well. And until then, clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. God bless. We just don't have enough time on this show. And good night.